Unless, like, OJ. Sweaty guys in one room. This is Get to the Point with Sean Anderson, Joe DeLeon, and Jake Fire. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Get to the Point. I am Sean Anderson, joined by Joe DeLeon. No fire this week. Surprise, surprise. A new. I want to start compiling a list of reasons as to why he can't come on the show. Normally, it is a time constraint because we are all on very different schedules from each other, which is understandable. You know, he said it best. We make it work when we can. And last night, uh, we were all primed to record, but I had to go uh, help do some stuff with my pops, and I uh, wasn't able to when everybody was. So we flexed it to today at five thirty. And next week, we are preparing for Fire to give his reasoning on this show because it is unprecedented. This show is just me and Joe. Next week, we're going to give you a full week of anticipation to hear why Jake Fire couldn't be on this week's show. I've never, ever seen this excuse. Joe, have you? Um... It's creative. It's it it's is. certainly creative. I can't knock him for that. I, I I usually it's the I have homework. I have a project. I have to get something I'm done. Sleepy. I don't <laughs> I have dinner reservations with my girlfriend. I Joe. but no the Hey. Oh, I'll bleep it. <laughs> what? Do you have a marker down? Yes. Okay, we're not spoiling it here, Joe. Okay. But I had something like this happen. Uh, was it last week? Last week. And the next day, I was ready to record. It, it, I was. I Something happened and occurred in the same realm as to why fire is missing. But I suited up. So I, I'm not really comprehending what the deal is. I think... It's because they just finished winter workouts. And this was a pre-planned thing. This is my guess. I believe that this happened, the reasoning that he gave, but I think there was an already underlying plan. Joe, can you concur with this? I don't think there was an underlying plan per oh, se. Wait, 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 of wait, course wait, there wait, was. Wait. I don't think there was an underlying plan per se, but I think it is a bit reckless to... I think he knew a while ago that he wasn't going to be available and just didn't say anything. Agreed. Yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, you made it I seem like th- he was planning this days ahead. No, no, no. And- I, I think that he he found an excuse uh, that maybe happened today or maybe didn't, and he broke it out on us today. And now that has transitioned into a easier way for him to not be on here. And go with his original plans for this Friday. See, I wanted to flex in Chris He too, but I think we should just do that next week and then not say anything to fire. The following week, I'll be in Rhode Island. What is He too going to talk about on this show? I don't know. I think He too would bring uh, some serious energy. You never know. He's got the experience. Joe. He's got the experience. 
It's not mm. like it's reckless. I think he's got the convenience of living in the same house as you. Yeah, that's true. That's what it is. Isn't he knows it? how to use a microphone. And that's, has that's ac- nice. And has I, access. I'll give him a plus there. Well, yeah, he has access to a microphone, knows how that's to two use pluses. it, knows how to use audio recording equipment. I, I, oh, that's the, three. The list is he adding up, up here, man. I don't... But the content in which he would provide, uh, I would trust. See, we've always said is that what I'm skeptical. We've of. always said if anyone would would be to appear on the show, it would be someone who uh, I'm trying to think of the word that we've used to describe it. Someone who's not afraid to say something that embarrasses themselves. I don't think he too's that type of person. That would be. I don't think he is either. But I think I would just try to go at him about my movie takes and. Huh. Try to get under his skin, get him ruffled up. Hey, I think he's too nice. He's very nice. He's a very nice guy. I don't know. I think we could. I think we could flip him. We could Me- flip the switch. Remember when hey, we had? A- you <laughs> haven't heard him screaming while playing Grand Theft Auto. I don't. No, that's true. I haven't heard that. <laughs> All right, Joe. Um, we have a big show here. Uh, we have nice little sports question. We have some new news uh, surrounding Marshawn Lynch. Uh, big NFL broadcast deals uh, that are in the works. Uh, some. Thoughts on the possible CBA lockout for the NFL. And then we're going to wrap it up with Clown of the Week. But first, Joe, I was thinking about this uh, while I was watching a clip of Freddie Freeman uh, mic'd up during a spring game. And he's, uh, as a Nationals fan, I realized that Freddie Freeman is the single player out of all the teams that I despise that are my team's rivals that I wish wasn't on that team. I came to that reasoning because he's so likable. I mean, he is just the most, one of the most likable MLB players in the game. Secondly, he's incredibly talented as an MLB player and he is the hardest out to get on every single at bat versus the Nats. I mean, it's, when it's Scherzer versus Freeman or Strasburg versus Freeman, it's must-watch baseball because it's just two dueling greats. And I just came to this epiphany, not epiphany, maybe epiphany, that Freddie Freeman is the guy that I want to like but I can't like. Joe, do you have a player similar to that? Well, just finishing up on the Freeman point, too, he's been around for – so long and so consistent. So I, I definitely see uh, your your thoughts on that because you have to witness him every single year for the same exact team. He hasn't left Atlanta since I believe he entered the league. He's been there the whole time. But I thought about this uh, as soon as I read the question. I was like, I'm not even going to play around with this and get get not overly creative, but think too much. The clear one here is Deshaun Jackson for obvious yeah. obvious reasons. You went with your heart. Jackson boggles it. And now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson still not in and now in for the touchdown. No flag. Uh, I'm just going to go with the, the one play that you're all thinking of right now. The punt return that spoiled. He's got a block. Yeah. I... <laughs> I don't even want to reminisce on it, but being, being, a, being a Giants fan and having to see and also have people send me that clip on reoccurring Drops it. states. Maneuvers, finds yep, room. Thanks. I was going to play the audio, but you know, he's not you, in yet. You could just reenact and it yourself. And he's in. 
I love that video. I love it so much. And I hate the Eagles. I mean, I hate the Eagles. Yeah. Don't we all? But I love how much pain it brings you to think about that Deshaun Jackson return. I remember watching that live too. It's <laughs> Do you ever are you ever watching a game and you lose focus and you're preoccupied with something that you come back to. I was young when this happened, but you, you come back to the game and you're like, oh, the, I'm sure they'll be fine. You come back and then that's the only thing that you see is just watching that play happen and then the game end in that fashion. Like, uh, I couldn't Everyone even forgets. fully <laughs> ma- materialize in my head what had actually happened until I would say 30 minutes after. Well, before that, Michael Vick had led a comeback of the ages. Yeah. I mean, a spectacular comeback. He was running all over the place, throwing dimes. I mean, that gets lost in the shuffle, how good Michael Vick was that in that game in that second half, and particularly the fourth quarter. I think you were up three scores in the fourth quarter, right? Uh, Yeah, I believe yes, so. Yes, you were. I believe oh, so. So great. <sighs> so, so great. I love that. I love that play. All right, Joe. It came to light here that Marshawn Lynch was a was he a candidate to speak at a Princeton graduation? No, he was actually selected to be a speaker at their senior class day. Now, imagine having that much pull at at your university to get someone like Marshawn Lynch as a speaker during your senior class day. This is not for the commencement, and understandably, it's it's Princeton. They have the right to pick whoever they want. And most people would not turn them down. From what I've heard, and I, I've I've watched a couple sports, uh, you know, morning shows that were talking about this. Kyle Brandt, who attended Princeton, was actually talking about what the actual day is. People come in and speak, and it's typically your bland, go-to Wall Street guy that comes in, talks about fulfilling potential, and you know, like, all these kids are from Princeton. They probably hear the same crap every year. And if you're talking about fulfilling potential, they're at Princeton. You think that they're not all in their own heads and, and overly confident. But this whole process was that Lynch was expected and asked to be the speaker for this particular day. And then the reaction is the disturbing thing here is that Princeton students wrote an op-ed in the newspaper, which is just so lame. I... I I hate student newspapers. I hate suck. I hate student newspapers. It's so lame. You have first of all, you have social media. If you really have mm-hmm. a problem with it, go speak to the the board of people or whoever was in charge of organizing it. It's the most passive aggressive thing to write in a school newspaper in an op-ed. But here's a quote from the op-ed. I got this from USA Today. Among articles that praise this his NFL career, and philanthropic contributions, we came across articles discussing Lynch's retinence with the media and his terse responses at at press conferences. In 2013 and 2014, for example, Lynch was fined $50,000 and $100,000 for refusing to speak to the media. During the 2015 Super Bowl media day, Lynch famously responded to multiple questions with variants of, I'm just here so I won't get fined. With no other frame of reference, such reports caused confusion over the set of criteria that led to his nomination. Look, I don't get it, man. Why Um, are you complaining about that stuff? Just shut the hell up. You're getting somebody that is an icon 
at the NFL level, but also you have to take into account here that he is someone who is, I can guarantee, encountered more adversity and overcome it than most of the people in Princeton's in, in Princeton's class. Now, I'm not saying that everyone in, the, in, in this graduating class has not been through some serious issues, but I can very much bet that Marshawn has been through a tougher time and he can talk more about it than you can. So why would you be crapping on him because he's not the most social person and didn't want to talk to the media? I bet a lot of people at Princeton are not social butterflies, and if you shove the microphone in their face, they'd freak the hell out. There's a lot to break down here. One, I don't think that a lot of these Princeton students understand that Marshawn Lynch graduated with a University of California Berkeley education. Uh, which did he? Is, did he graduate? I know, he obviously attended there, but did he? It was. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I don't know. I, he went to. Why are you stepping on me? I'm I just. Du- right I'm just double checking. It's better to check than continue. But from the student's point of view, I don't think they've ever heard the term protect your chicken and protect your uh all of that that little uh speech that he had that was really good about you know taking care of yourself and making sure that you're always looking out for yourself i don't think that they understand how wise he is with his finances and that he's never spent a dime of his nfl paychecks uh in his entire career and the only money he's spent is off of uh advertising and other deals like that but you almost can make an argument for them where you don't think that Marshawn Lynch, if he is passionate about what he's speaking about, he'll give you something good. But if he's not, you wouldn't call him an excellent public speaker. I mean, he does not like the media. Maybe that's just because there's a lot of scrutiny that comes to talking to the media more than it would happen talking to students. But... If you're looking at that, you're like, ah, what is this guy going to come here and say? Is he going to give a five-minute speech and that's what our guy's going to be? Or, or, I don't know. You can I can understand where the students are coming from, but I don't think they know very much about Marshawn Lynch. I don't think that people that go to Princeton, aside from the athletes, a majority of them really don't care about the athletics. I mean, sure, there, I'm a, I can assume that a lot of college-age males that are attending that university – can um, enjoy sports, but I wouldn't say that they're massive fans, right? Yeah, I I guess. But I'd rather have five minutes of Marshawn than 30 minutes Uh, to an hour of some stereotypical business leader that they probably have. That's what they're looking for, though, Joe. That's what they're looking for. That's what they're going to end up. That's what the replacement would be. Marshawn isn't what they're looking for Uh, at Princeton, dude. It's it's dumb. For whatever reason. To get something unique, they're against it. That's their thing. Okay. Idiots. I'm not saying they're not idiots. I mean, I think Marshawn Lynch could really drop some wisdom for him about the real world. I think he could tell them about, hey, you know, you're in this bubble here. Now, when you get out, this is what you have to do. This is what I did, given I was a professional athlete with superb talent. But aside from that, I made really good decisions with my life to set myself up for after football and a career afterwards. So that's something that he could speak on. And I think it would be beneficial towards them. But I just don't think that Princeton itself is built for that. I don't think the people that attend uh, Princeton are built for that. I don't think they idolize professional athletes like you or I do uh, or any other non-Ivy League school in this campus would. I, I mean, if Peyton Manning came and spoke at you or I, wouldn't that be just 
wouldn't that blow your mind? Uh, what do you mean by blow my mind? I mean, wouldn't you be excited oh, to yeah, have Peyton Manning come up there and speak? Yeah, yeah, completely. These guys would be more excited to hear a, a Nobel Prize winner. It's just their walk of life. Yeah, but they get access to that every freaking year. Why is that? Who says they do? It's Princeton. Every year, it's their senior year. Yeah. You, they're going to be thinking, oh, why did we get stuck with the pro athlete when, everyone, when this guy got a uh, – we, we got to hear a Nobel Peace Prize winner speak. That's I, probably I, not what they want. I'd rather hear from Marshawn than a Nobel pre, uh, Peace Prize I winner. would too, but we are not Ivy League students, Joe, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, I think <laughs> – I think I could survive in an Ivy League school. I think oh, a lot of those. Are, are you I think kidding me? I, academically, yes. I had I no, had good grades. No, no, you're a journalism major. It's not like it's a super easy major, but would I, I oh, would major my in goodness? But I would major in the same thing at Princeton. I assuming that they have it. That might maybe be like an English program, but still, Joe, I'd be you fine. couldn't spell Jeopardy, <laughs> <laughs> and you're a senior in college. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't misspell stuff or misspeak, obviously, but I'm also not claiming I would survive in an Ivy League school. No, nah, I think I would. Hey, the high school that I went to was practically oh, here we an go. Ivy League high school. Okay, I here think I would have been go. fine. Joe, most of my graduating class. Uh, most of my graduating class. Say if you went to an Ivy League school and graduated with a journalism degree, you don't go to Ivy League schools to go to journalism. You go to Ivy League schools to get in a business school. What do you? Why not? People do it all the time. That's a, that's such a waste. That's a squander of an opportunity <laughs> of a degree. I guess you could go to J school after and say, "Hey, <laughs> I majored school. in business." Like the lady that came and spoke to us. Yeah, she went to. She was a forensic uh, FBI forensics analyst at Cal, and then went to J school after. No, she. I don't know where she went originally, but she went to Cal for Whatever. J school. Whatever. Yeah, she sucked. Uh. But <laughs> you don't go to an Ivy League school to major Why? in journalism. You, you get don't. off to the right what foot. Mean? You get off to the right foot. <laughs> That's not the right foot, Joe. You're more hireable. You're coming from a great program. Oh, my goodness, Joseph. At Princeton. Wait, wait, wait. You know where Chris you, Berman went? Berman went to Brown. Oh my God! Brown is barely an Ivy League oh, school. It is barely oh, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, Ivy. Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. What we went to was barely a, a state institution. <laughs> Joe, but you have to understand. Why do you think one, one, one? Okay, sure. Maybe you go to Princeton. You're in the journalism school, and it might not be a. a first of all, it would be harder than Rhode Island journalism. Yeah, significantly. I actually learned something. Second of all, why would you squander an Ivy League degree on journalism? I would probably double I major in something. I majored in communications. Yeah. You double major at an Ivy League school. Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, let me guess. You'd play football there too? I think you're underestimating how smart I am. Would you play football at Princeton too, Joe? I would try to. Would you found a media corporation or uh, at, at Princeton also? Is that what you would do also? I would. F- at Princeton. They probably already have that. Shut up. Shut up. I just don't. Stop overestimating I, how know, smart folks, I am or underestimating folks, how smart I am. Every day that I do a show with Joe DeLeon, I dive deeper into who he thinks he really is. Look, would it be Whether fun? Whether he would, thinks he looks like Joe would, Burrow would or he thinks fun? that he could I didn't have say a, I look like Joe Burrow. I said I want no, his hair. Then why'd hair. you send a picture of Joe Burrow? I said I want his hair. He is good hair. You think you look like Joe Burrow, don't you? Well, I know after you tomorrow, I'm going to have his hair. 
I know you think you look like him more than I don't. I look nothing like him. I'm ugly. I'm going to have his hair, though. He's got good hair. You're just saying that. He's got good hair. I want his hair. My hair sucks right now because it's uneven and long and gross. Yeah. I know. I want his hair. What were you saying before this? I don't know. Dribble. I don't know. I just, I don't, you're. This is the worst tangent we possibly. No, no, no. It's not because we're (laughs) learning about you. The hubris of Joe DeLeon to think that he would be a a superstar at Princeton. Hey, I look, I go off of the. With the journalism. I go off of what is plastered on my computer screen. Talent without eagle. Ego isn't talent. Couldn't even get through that. Um. But yeah, I, I'd rather be Princeton yeah. hubristic than than not. Talent without eagle, huh? Talent without eagle. Yes, that's the that's the show title now. Talent without eagle. No, I'm without going eagle. with Japorty. <laughs> they don't know Japorty. <laughs> <laughs> Go with talent without eagle. Okay, we'll see what happens. Can ha- we get on? To- we'll see what I happens. I can't believe you took me in that rabbit hole there. <laughs> well, we're having a big shakeup. Onto the next topic here. A big shakeup within NFL broadcasters, which is a topic that Joe and I are very passionate about. Uh, as we did, I think a couple semesters ago, we did a NFL broadcaster fight bracket. It was two semesters we've dis- ago. Yep. We've discussed uh, who our favorites were before. All of this, you know, we it's something that we very much enjoy because we enjoy the sport of football so much. Now, this all started with. CBS deciding to pay Tony Romo $17 million per season, and that would be a deal worth more than $100 million total in his contract, which extends far past the 2022 season. I think it's a 10-year contract, which is, I would say, an absurd amount for Tony Romo. And I don't agree with Michael Thomas ever. I don't like Michael Thomas, but he sent out the tweet that said the broadcasters should not be getting paid more than the players. Well, on one end, you see, okay, it's a big entertainment entity, and you have to pay someone to talk about the game, and you got to pay someone talented, or else he's going to look like ESPN the last two years. No offense to Tessator, he took that all on his back, and he had to carry the load. Props to him for persevering, but the the product itself just was not good enough for an ESPN Monday Night Football broadcast that we've all been accustomed to being great. Now, Romo getting paid that much stirred a lot of controversy within the players, and rightfully so. That's a huge amount of money for a broadcaster when he was just getting getting paid $3 million uh, in his original contract per year. And that was uh, via Sports Illustrated's Ben Pickman's article. Thank you, Ben. And now Thank we you, are ben. seeing new developments of uh, ESPN planning to offer Peyton Manning 18 to $20 million a year to become Monday Night Football's lead analyst. So Monday Night Football and ESPN is looking to give Tessator and Booger McBobo the boot out of the booth. And they're trying to sway Manning into taking a deal that is superior to Romo's. And they're also trying to snipe Al Michaels uh, from NBC uh, to be the color man for ESPN. No, 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 the play-by-play for ESPN. Pardon me. Yes. Now, it would make sense because NBC has been grooming Mike Tirico to replace him on Sunday Night Football for the last two years. Uh, Ever since uh, Tirico left ESPN, went over to NBC, got a deal. And has been working over there. I personally 
I've always been a fan of Tariko as the play-by-play voice for Monday Night Football. He is the Monday Night voice that I grew up with. He is my guy. Everybody that's ever watched Monday Night Football has always had the one play-by-play broadcaster that has meant the most to him and has made the biggest impact as a broadcaster. And across the board, Mike Tariko on Monday Night Football has been the most impactful football broadcaster and broadcaster in all of sports that I have enjoyed. I mean, he is the one seed for me. I just, there's just something special about that Monday night booth. And after seeing, I I don't know how I feel about an Al Michaels transition into that booth, giving the, um, what's the word? Sanctity? I guess. No. I, sanctity of that booth. I, Joe, what are your thoughts on one, the Romo deal, and two, the Manning Michaels possibility team up? Well, the the Romo deal makes a lot of sense to me. I think it was a, a hair reckless, which is a lot of people are saying because it's a lot of money to throw. You're saying reckless a lot. What do you mean? Talk about reckless. When did I say reckless? When else did I say reckless? I think you said it one or two times this show. Right? Dude, if, if I said it once, I say the word the a hundred <laughs> times. Shut the hell up. Mind your own business. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people were saying. A lot Hope of people were saying it was reckless <laughs> to pay a color commentator that much money because it's going to completely reset the market. That's yeah. like way over the the highest paid color commentator. I don't. I don't know what the next closest is, but like if you look that's... at Troy Aikman, he's. I think he's like five to seven and somewhere in that range, which is already that a lot. Reset the market. I mean, they shouldn't be yeah. making every color commentator shouldn't be making seventeen million dollars a season. No, that's oh, absurd. But okay, to be fair though. Oh. CBS had to do it if they wanted to retain Romo because Romo could have said, ah, we'll see. Because very clearly ESPN is desperate to fix their situation. They're not happy they with it. I understand why CBS chose to do it. It's a lot of money. We're, we were eventually going to hit that number in the next 10 years. Romo, I think, is clearly the best color commentator right now. But we can't say that for sure because we have not heard Peyton Manning yet because a lot of people say positive things about Peyton Manning, what he could potentially bring to a commentary booth and his 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 potential. He's very easygoing. He's very fun. You know, like his brother, he's known for being a prankster. He's very easy to talk to, affable, that all the good stuff that you want in your color commentator, but also very meticulous about breaking mm-hmm. down film. That that is the full landscape of things you're looking for a color commentator. I'm just completely blown away here though. One that you're going to up the Tony Romo deal that much, even though no one's really offering, or I don't know for sure if anyone's not offering Manning right now, but I don't understand why you need to up the Romo deal. Is it just to say, oh, we have the highest paid guy, we're paying him $20 million? What I was completely spooked, and not spooked, confused about, is that you could actually trade commentators. You could trade your play-by-play. I... What are they going to offer? What is ESPN going to trade NBC Money. for? That's not a. That's not really a trade though. That's just well. It's we'll, just a new contract. We'll you pay, buy them out and then they sign. We'll pay you for Al Michaels. That's. A, I think there's a big difference there. I wouldn't be. I'd have no problem with Mike Tirico stepping in and, and taking over the the play by play for Sunday Night Football. I'd have no problem with. Al Michaels stepping in and being the commentator for Monday Night Football. I think that Tessitore would be getting the short end of the stick in this situation. They'd probably they'd probably be sending Tessitore somewhere else. If again, if we're trading commentators, they'd probably seek a way to send him somewhere so he's still uh, working. 
he'd probably do big time college football games for ESPN. I'm sure. But their lineup's pretty there. filled up right now. It's not like. Yeah, well, I think he'll be fine. He'll. Well, the the interesting with interesting thing with Peyton Manning is he's already doing work for ESPN, uh, with ESPN Plus in his uh, Peyton Manning thirty or NFL history type deal. Peyton's place. That's it. So he's already inundated within the ESPN machine. So they're saying, okay, we like what you're doing here. We're going to throw you an enormous amount of money to sit in the booth once a week with Al Michaels or some other play-by-play guy and just dissect the game. Now, what I look at with this is, will Peyton Manning be nicer than John Gruden? What do you mean nicer? Well, you know how John Gruden never took shots at players? And was never like very critical. Will Peyton Manning be critical? I like mm. critical color commentators. Well, Tony Romo's not critical. Who are you going off of? You're going off of. Uh, I don't like. I don't like Romo that much. Are you going off of Collinsworth? And Collinsworth's not even that critical either. He's pretty. He's more critical. Well, that was what how yeah. he became popular is that he was. I don't know if you've watched the a football life on him, but no. he became popular because he started out doing one not the earliest thing he did but early on he was doing uh notre dame football on saturdays on nbc that was how he moved into that sunday night role oh, and he became popular because people were pissed about how negative he, he was talking about notre dame and the in the coaching staff so oh, he's shocker. he's known for for being uh a negative person and, and very I'm not critical. saying he's not but like I like Joe Buck. I like how Joe Buck is critical at times. I actually like he's Joe Buck and how he, I know, but he still can get he can still set the tone and set set down the law. I just don't need Peyton Manning in there being a yes man. I want to hear what he really thinks. That's my only concern about this. I don't think Manning will be a yes man, and I think that because he said that part of the reason why he didn't want to do it last year was because he had his brother still playing. He didn't want to be commentating about his brother and former teammates. So I I don't think he'll be afraid to be critical, but I, I would not uh, expect a, a frequent criticism from, from Peyton Manning. Yeah, I just couldn't stand Gruden saying, oh, I love this guy. He's my favorite guy in the league. Love, 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 blah, blah, blah. It all just meshed together. I couldn't get over it. It was just like, what are we doing? Do you just love everybody in the league? Do you not like anybody? Maybe maybe you play by play and color commentators aren't supposed to not like anybody. They're always supposed to be a little positive. That's the narrative. That's where sports talk radio. That's what drive. That's why I love sports talk radio because they can freely be negative and they can be critical. Well, if you think about it. Former They're players, two different animals. Former players different. are color commentators. Talk radio is fat guys like you and I that didn't make the pro level sitting in a chair just ranting about what comes to mind. So the former player is going to be a little bit more forgiving compared to someone who's never been in the shoes of a pro athlete. What about Bart Scott? Bart Scott is a completely different... I don't even... <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to Bart Scott. I like Bart... But man, I don't even know how to describe him. He was just—he. <laughs> that's be- what you got. That's what I like. He belongs. Maybe this is me. I'm. I'm just. I'm different. Yeah. You know. I'm. I just see it as what I would want it to be instead of the animal that it is. So uh, all in all, maybe the, I, I trust ESPN to put out a good product, or at least a product better than what they had been doing. As long as they don't have like Sean O'Mara on the on the sideline camera. 
elevator, whatever the hell it was. Couldn't stand that. Either. Sean O'Mara? Whatever his name is. O'Hara. O'Hara. Oh, you're saying you don't want the, the forklift? I don't know. I don't want the forklift. Like, can you imagine, like, oh, we got a special presentation. Archie Manning getting in the forklift tonight. Archie's just sitting up there. Just, just people are throwing cans at him, telling him to get down. Just I couldn't. I can't stand that thing. It just inconvenienced so many people, and it added nothing. We've got Eli Manning reporting from the concession stands. <laughs> Yeah, He's I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> He's haggling for change. I can't even see the game. Peyton, can I come in the booth? <laughs> Peyton's talking to him like, no, 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 no. Just say, just say we got something. We got an emergency going on. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> Eli's just walking home, like walking back to his seat, like Charlie Brown. Would, would that not be a thing? That's actually a creative thought right there. Is it bring on the both of them? Not you don't do a three man booth, but you bring on Eli. Eli can't talk. Eli can't talk. Yes, dude. he can. Eli's he awesome. Eli is no. more entertaining than Peyton. He, oh, that's so. That's you, not right. You don't know Eli the way that Peyton's I think you need nickname to. was the sheriff. Yeah. Eli's nickname was Mister Five Hundred or whatever the hell it was. Eli. Eli's nickname was Derpy. <laughs> Eli he was didn't the dirt. He didn't project it, but Eli uh, oh, from, from former no. teammates will say that he is a very come on. Those stories about him sitting in the back of the bus when it's the games are done and drinking beer, having a beer guy that always found him beer. For Have you ever heard about games. the hogs, Joe? That doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything. No, to me. but I watched he's, Peyton's he's, he goodbye was, speech. The, I, I watched Peyton's retirement speech, yeah. and I watched Eli's, and Eli's was a lot more staggered and. Not unconfident, but he didn't seem comfortable giving it. Whereas Peyton was a class act professional up there. He knew how to set the tone. He knew how to use his emotions. He had a very good speech. He thought it out. He said his words with conviction. Peyton is a far better speaker and more entertaining. I'm saying that Eli Manning is a wild card. He's more of a loose cannon. He is not a wild card. <laughs> hey, look. He is the least <laughs> wild card player ever he's in the NFL. A, he's more he of a wild card than he thinks. He 500 in his win-loss. He got him. <laughs> come on, dude. That makes him a wild look, card. He is not. A, that's the complete opposite. Jameis Winston is a wild card. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but no one talks about no one talks about as often the the pranking and jokes that Eli used to put on. I, I've talked to everybody he, pranks and jokes in yeah, the NFL. Everybody. Not Have you when heard you're Pat 40. McAfee's story about the camp pranks where they flooded a hotel where they would set no. full garbage cans full of water on players' doors so when they opened it, their entire <laughs> room flo- <laughs> flooded. No. Yes, everybody pranks themselves okay. each other. Okay. All right. Fine. Do you want to get to this CBA lockout? No. No? No. Yes, get to it. Stop asking me if I want to transition. Just transition. <laughs> I. It was a smooth transition. If you just no. said yes, no, I would have been. Okay. Well, there's a lot of dealings with the, the CBA lockout with the NFL, and there's a lot of feedback for players. See how that would have worked? Yeah. You suck. Okay, well, there's been a lot of dealings with the NFL players in regards to the CBA lockout. Or not a lockout, but the the new uh, collective bargaining agreement that's been proposed by the – is it the NFLPA or the CBA itself? Uh, It's the NFLPA. Wait, wait. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the NFLPA uh, about um, – I mean, we covered this already 
adding an extra game, switching up the playoff system, and getting more money to the players on their initial salaries. And um, via uh, Sports Illustrated's Michael Shapiro, thanks, Michael, uh, he quoted, There has been a big split in support for the CBA among league's players. Marquee names Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, and R- Russell Wilson have come out against the agreement, largely over frustration with the proposed 17-game schedule, which I have uh, agreed with. I don't like the 17 games. He also said Giants offensive tackle Nate Solder pushed back against the Pro Bowlers, uh, i.e. Rodgers, Watt, and Wilson, uh, on Monday saying minimum salaries would go up significantly with bumped up benefits for current players and retired new players with new a new CBA. So all of these players are going to have to uh, vote on this, and it will be determined by a simple majority vote of the NFL players. And both sides are trying to rally their teammates and other players as to why they should vote one way versus the other. It is a very dividing topic that if a majority of, if it's a close decision, like if it's 60-40 in favor of either way, then it's going to be a tough locker room situation. The NFL, you have 40% of the NFL players that are very disgruntled about a decision, regardless of which way it sways, which is not good for the NFL, Joe, correct? Yeah, I don't even I don't even think that's the percentage we're going to get. I think it's going to be a significant pass by the players. We're hearing from a lot of big people. We're hearing from Marquise Pouncey, we're hearing from Richard Sherman, besides the three guys that were named in this article. There is a lot of pushback coming from players. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I don't think anyone really realizes because they just assume that like, oh, these talks are going to work out. It usually does. Sometimes there's a lockout, but we are dangerously close to a lockout. The players are not going to agree to the, the the rules that have been presented to them. They're not going to agree to the 17-game schedule because they're against the potential effects that it's going to have on the length of players' careers. You have very few people that are saying, like, oh, well, it'll increase salaries. But at what cost? You're making more money, but you could have life-threatening injuries towards the end of your career if you're sustaining even more hits do you have to implement some type of load management? It just It's too complicated for the players to willingly pass this thing and allow it to go through. We are so close to a lockout, it's crazy. We are think, nearing oh, the season, and this thing is not even close to uh, any type of consensus. I, it's even also crazier. Pl- no, oh, wait, go ahead. You, you, you intend to interrupt saying- me, so... You you made a I, I sorry the Discord it, it, it sounds like you I got a gap where you stop talking and then whatever we made a point about a lot of the players like Sherman and the Pounceys uh, being vocal against it but they don't represent the players that haven't even received their pension yet they don't receive they're they're guys that have big contracts and I do applaud the Pouncey brothers for saying hey. If you're a young player, we'll take care of you ourselves. We'll make sure you got your rent. We'll make sure you got somewhere to live and stay and you got food every day. All of that. So I applaud them for trying to take it into their own hands. But there's still a, it's still a majority of the NFL is not all max contract guys or 10-year in the league guys. It's guys that are there for an average of a little over three years or a little under three years. So for them... They don't – maybe they are not feeling like 
rejecting this CBA is best for their own prosperity in the NFL. So that's the counter argument that I can see uh, for why it could uh, be passed. It makes sense, the counter argument, but the problem with that is that most guys are assuming that they're going to have longer careers and they're, they're, you know, they're just going to say to themselves and have that confidence that they're going to be able to keep playing. I don't think anyone's willing to put their body on the line. I don't think that many people are really uh, going to be willing to to risk it. I don't think anyone wants to. We're seeing more early retirements each year and from big name players. Yeah, but reason- we're just hearing from the big name players. We're not hearing yeah. from the second string defensive uh defensive back or the the fringe bubble guy on on the offensive line. We're not hearing from those guys. We're hearing from the guys that have been paid and paid well. Right, we're hearing but, from JJ Watt, those, Russell Wilson, but Aaron those guys and have, top touted. Those guys players. have a lot of say in locker rooms and with their teams. They're going to really true. push that. I don't think there's going to be that much pushback from other guys. I, this lockout is 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 much closed be, because of that argument though that you're put you're that you're you're putting out there that people I, don't assume or people assume that that big, because of those level low level players that they're going to vote in favor of it and they're going to outweigh the bigger name guys that don't want to do it. There's going to be some type of, yeah, uh, of, of uh, work stoppage. It's, it's imminent. It's going to happen. I think it is also. I'm not – I wouldn't have wanted another game in this last season where we played – what was it, 12 games? Or we had a 12-week season? Would yeah. you have wanted another game? No, no. No. Especially if you're a losing team. You don't want another game. I mean, guys go out on the field. They can get hurt on any play. So if you can minimize that and minimize a risk of injury, then there's your prosperity in the league. There's your happy players. Adding a game, it just doesn't make sense for me. And it's just for getting more publicity and more eyes on the NFL, more revenue dollars, more money. It's That's mo- what it's, it's about. It's mostly for the money. It's just getting it's more for viewers the money, for not watching for the players. sloppy gameplay in Week 17 right. with a bunch of bench players playing. Do you think that next year, Week 17, the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, who are now 4-12, do you think they play Kyler Murray in that game? No, not a shot. No. So what are we doing it for? It's just extra money. Why would money. we do that? It's extra money is really it's what extra, they're seeking. Right, exactly. So that's why I can't get on board with it because it's not extra money. It, you're, you'll throw a couple, some extra money to the players for it, rightfully so. That's their way of trying to sway them and rationalize it. But at the same time, you're not helping any of the players really. You're lining the pockets of – the owners and yes. the media companies, which yes. which I think is the the biggest thing why this thing's not going to get agreed upon by the NFLPA uh, consensusly. Because while there's those guys that are thinking like, oh well, but I'm not going to be. I what if I my career's done in four years? I need to get this money now, and and save it. Well, I think that once these big name guys like Richard Sherman, the Pouncies, all talk to their their teammates and say. Are you willing to take a little bit extra money so that they profit significantly more? We're getting the short end of the stick. If we're going to agree to a 17-game schedule, we should be making a lot more money. It's it's simply a, a ploy to almost stalemate things for uh, th- these negotiations. I don't even know if that 17-game proposal is fully what they want. It really could be of uh, ask for more in hopes then, of getting yeah. what you want. 
They want yeah. the, they want to tear apart the NFLPA because they're arguing over this and they're so frustrated with the 17 game uh, season. But I think a lot of people are, are are know that the whole reason behind it is because they want more money and they want the better end of the 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 the, the bargaining deal. It's just really messy and it's really ugly and you don't like to think about these major companies not looking out for these players and just thinking of them as uh, bodies or machines out there that are out there to just serve a purpose to entertain when they're human beings and they have to take care of stuff outside of football. They can't play till they're 50. They can play for maximum 12 years. I mean, really, honestly. So you're not really looking out for the best for these players with this new proposed CBA. You're just not. And that's that's why I think I have to side with the opposition. Now, Joe, we both could have had this in our Clowns of the Week. But we went different route, and I guess since it's basketball season, we both went basketball yet again. Joe, I very much enjoy yours. Would you dive us? Would you enlighten us? Yes, I will give mine, but I do have an honorable honorable mention I would like to discuss oh. after you pitch yours. So mine was a social media trend. I This person's a clown, not because they did something really idiotic. It's just funny. The guy didn't know the answer in this situation. It's pretty comical. That makes you a clown. You made us all laugh for being stupid. So during Jeopardy, a contestant, Jeopardy, a contestant was asked a, a question that the answer that they were seeking was related to Joel Embiid and the slogan that he created in his time early on with the 76ers, and that is his nickname. the process. His nickname, yep. but it was also the slogan of the 76ers, trust the process. Right. And this man's answer was do a 180 instead of trust the process. <laughs> Joel Embiid in 2019 won the trademark for this nickname of his that also describes the 76ers strategy of improving the team. Paul, what is do a 180? Nope. Anyone who's, I'm not saying I would do well on Jeopardy, but anyone who's watched Jeopardy knows if you don't know the answer, don't try answering it. it unless you have like a slight hunch. Maybe you put it out there because you're desperate, but come on, man. That's not even close. It sounds like uh, I don't know if you ever played Star Fox on uh, Nintendo 64. One of the characters used to say do a barrel roll. It makes yeah. me think of that. That's, that's exactly. I just thought of do a barrel roll yeah, when, when, you were, when you said do a 180. <laughs> and I was just, I actually don't mind do a 180. Per, it's uh, funny. Personally, you flip it around, you know, you you turn the whole thing around. He's he's in the ballpark, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know about he, the ballpark. He, he, no, no, he laid down a bunt where where to get the question right, you needed a home run. The the better analogy is it's it's essentially the like you go into uh, you know you're at the boardwalk or something, and you go into one of those uh, one of those stores that sells knockoff crap and. That would be the slogan on the shirt because they right. can't use it. Trust the process. <laughs> Joel and me, the product. <laughs> Getting there eventually. Right. <laughs> the rehabilitation. So who is yours? My clown of the week. It goes to the Los Angeles Lakers for giving free agent guard J.R. Smith a workout. I understand that LeBron runs the league, he runs the team, he does whatever the hell he wants. And LeBron's got his guys. It's just how it works in the NBA. J.R. Smith 
is not what you're looking for in a championship run. Have we learned nothing from 2017? We have, he is not dependable on the court. He had a terrible, terrible playoff series versus the Warriors. Dude, they're, terrible. Just, they're just looking for veteran depth. I doubt they're gonna give him a major role like he had with they the Cavs. They Deion Waiters. No, 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 was it Waiters? I think no, it was it Waiters. No, it was Deion Waiters. The whole team's gonna be high on the way just, to their next flight. I, I just can't wrap my mind around why they don't trade Kyle Kuzma for a serviceable guard. Well, the trade deadline's passed. It's not like they can do that now. Or why they didn't. Pardon yeah. me, Joe. There, there wasn't much of a market for one, and they didn't want to get rid of Kuzma. You have to make a market. You have to make a market for yourself, or you're stuck with J.R. Smith. Yeah. Do you want J.R. Smith on your team? Uh, Do the, you want him to be? He was the best available free agent veteran. Better than Jamal Crawford? He didn't want to come out and, uh, or am I mixing him up with someone else? There was one player that did not want to come out of retirement. Was it Jamal Crawford? I don't know, but I'm just saying, J.R. Smith is not the dependable a player that you need uh, possibly taking the rock in game three of the NBA championship. He's proven that. He had a huge mental lapse and I get it, it's one mental lapse. But his track record is not that of dependable guy. Well, they're not going to make it there anyways because the Clippers are going to come out of the West. So... Are you stupid? The circumstances regardless. Yeah, I have a new team, the by the way. You think the Clippers are beating the Lakers? I have a new team, oh, by the way. I, that's I, not I, allowed. That's not allowed. I'm not a Knicks fan anymore. I'm tired of no, James Dillon. No, that's not well, allowed, they Joe. Can't get rid, they fan. can't get rid of the owners. Suffer. So I, I have a, suffer. I have a, suffer with the Knicks. Just because you suffer through Dan like Snyder. Your, actually, you're not even a Redskins like your fan. Your owner. I, I hate Dan Snyder. I'm enough of a Redskins fan to have animosity towards that man. Yeah. Look. Oh, God. Here we go. Mute button. What was that? I had a cough. <laughs> that was the most awkward, clunky way to do it. Uh, mute button. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I love that your owner of the Knicks. It's not my owner anymore. Has, I'm not a Knicks fan. stirred up another controversy with the most legendary fan of your franchise. The, the only guy who sat through every game for the last 30 years. Every through. single like, I don't wanna, game. I don't want to get into it, but that's why I'm no longer a Knicks fan because of that I idiot who You are a Knicks running. fan. Sorry. I'm not. I, hey, did you see how good Kristaps was uh, in that overtime game? Yeah. Uh, I yeah, he hate was awesome. James Dolan with a passion. Um, oh, man. Very much so. So my I honorable mention, though, it. Sean, for Clown of the Week was, I don't know if you recall, it was trending on social media that during the NFL Combine, somebody was interviewing Okuda, or actually Okuda, Jeffrey Okuda was up on the uh, the stand oh, answering yeah. questions, which is typical. Prospects go up, media members will ask questions. And this slappy reporter asks the question of, along the lines of, how are you going to clean up your sloppy technique? And Okuda immediately has a reaction and he, he says what, what do you mean by sloppy like oh well penalties and stuff uh, sometimes you have a tendency to get kind of sloppy how are you looking to kind of improve that sloppy in what way sloppy like kind of use penalties and stuff like that i have zero pass interference zero holdings so cut the tape on again i think you might see something else and if anyone who's actually just seen like 10 minutes of okuda play knows that he is the least sloppy corner in this year's draft he has had no penalties 
as a cornerback in this past season. So the question is very clear that the reporter was not paying attention, does not know anything about Jeffrey Okuda, probably should not have been at the NFL Combine if he doesn't know anything about Jeffrey Okuda. But the reason why I'm saying he's the clown, despite the already dumb question asked at a press conference, this man tried to defend himself on Twitter. Uh On Twitter, he said, uh, his name is uh, uh, Pranav Rama. Uh, Did he go to Princeton? Uh, he did not. So let me let me continue oh, and get to the shocker. the the full situation here. This is the whole thing is just mind blowing. This is this ha- this all broke down over the like the past twenty minutes. But he posted this tweet six days ago, and it, he says so. Apparently, I was trending yesterday because of how I pressed Je- at Jeff Okuda. Don't know why you would tag him. Dumb move. It may be um, it may be just it may be just be a play that is how he wrote it or two. But those plays are the difference between a Super Bowl and a couch sitting at home. I didn't even... What? Horribly worded tweet. It's our job to ask the tough questions whether the general people like it or not. That that is such an extreme example. And also on top of it when Okuda has never done it before. So his reaction to so many people then commenting on this and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you defend yourself this way? He has then tweeted, I have seen the ugly parts of the sports business, so I've decided to leave the score crow, which was the, 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 oh, the no. company. Oh, no, he was on the score crow? Yeah, the company he was working for. He said, I will be oh. putting my talents somewhere else. I want to thank Johnny oh, for the They put chance. your talents somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they put your lack of talents somewhere else there, buddy. Like, oh, holy hell. <laughs> oh, like, come on, man. I don't root man. for people to get fired because eventually when I get fired or I get given the boot, you know... I don't want people to be rooting for it, but they should be able to chuckle at it if I had done something stupid like that. Like, come on, man. You, I don't think they got rid of him, but I think that, that this kid folded. Oh, and I he, think they did. He looks maybe 24. Hmm. Like, come on, man. Even if – no, there's no way they, they fired him over that. Back to J-School. Yeah, back to J-School. But come on, man. That's how they – you got rocked that much because – Look, moral so of the story funny. is if you're if you are at all considering joining the media field, thick skin. Not even that. Think before you say stuff. Damn it! Oh, don't I just like put that. things That's out better. there. If you don't know something about a prospect, shut the hell up. I know that. I know not to Tim do that. Joyce. <laughs> what? Why you? Why you atting Tim Joyce? <laughs> I've heard some reports that Tim Joyce asks not so great questions after Rhode Island men's basketball games. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just know that apparently my sources are telling me. Who are your sources? I got Coach Cox uh, does not give the greatest reactions to when Tim Joyce asks a question to him. <laughs> are you telling me I need to tell him to fix his his game? I, I'm telling you that now, as you are the active uh, president of the, of the club, uh, you tell me you this might now. Just have a, a, a conversation, or have Kevin have a conversation. He's a little nicer. No, I'm going to rip them apart. Who are your sources? No, 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 no. Don't, don't rip them up. Clapping cheeks. Uh, you haven't seen those? No. It's, a gif, it's like a gif of David Cox, and the caption is when Tim Joyce asks him a question. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks super surly. Like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I tell you, Anchor, you know, we don't, we don't always pick up, you know, winners from the start, but we turn them into them. So, Joe, let's get Tim Joyce on the horse, all right? Okay, I'll fix them. All right, cool.
Instead of turning them into glue. Fix them up. <laughs> okay. You know, some media companies of you or I that turn kids into glue. All right. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Get to the Point. As always, 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 always follow me on Twitter at Sanderson Radio and Joe on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. Follow the show on Twitter at GTTP Podcasts. Just got some nice run for a throwaway tweet, I think, in a, a drunken stupor last night. Thanks I appreciate that. it. We it's always a, have good it's content. It's Thursday, man. Are you kidding me? I was bored. Oh, oh that's a great logic. <laughs> also, I started at like midnight, oh. All which right. is even, <laughs> even more sensible. Anyways, follow the show on Twitter if you feel like it. Also, you can leave us a rating or you could subscribe to us on any listening platform to where you're listening to it. If you want to do any of that, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Joe, any other housekeeping? No. No? All right. As always, this is Get to the Point. We will be back next week. Oh, Get ready wait, for wait, Fire's wait, response. Wait. Oh, I, don't, ahead, I, don't, I don't mean to pull uh, Miles Gardia. The Scorecrow did let him go. There is a post from the Scorecrow saying uh, we have let... Um, him go from our site. His error in judgment and lack of research involving Jeff Okuda at the Combine was inexcusable. Damn. We understand that people make mistakes, but Pranav not only embarrassed himself and us, he has doubled down. Damn! <laughs> wait, instead of harsh. wait, instead of apologizing for the lack of preparation and moving on, he made the situation worse. It was unprofessional. It does not reflect our values here at the Scorecrow. We strive to be accurate and get intelligent analysis in our sports coverage. Again, we apologize to Jeff Okuda along with our fans and readers. We will continue to bring you top-notch sports analysis, fantasy articles, and DFS advice on a daily basis. That is nuts! God. That is a crazy way we to announce l- letting somebody... Whoa. They carved him up. Now I'm rooting Man, for the guy. Now insurance. I'm rooting for the guy. No, I'm not. Now... No, I'm rooting for the guy now because no, the score crow shouldn't have said all that. They shouldn't have said all that. Eh. They should have just said we let him go. They should not have made it a, a huge story carving the kid up. If you made a Who mistake the hell like is the that, score crow anyways. If you made a mistake like now that, I'm I would. I would tweet from the get to the point account uh, something along well, those different. lines. So that's different. Why is that different? We're close. <laughs> if, if that ki- that guy's probably just a, a college prospect, he probably hasn't lived with the guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's wrap this thing before we get to okay. work Uh I am now anti-scorecrow. Cool. Okay. All right, everybody, tune in next week for Fire's response. If he doesn't have another excuse, thank you for tuning in.